0: Technically, the rules say dogs can't play. Wait, no, no, there's nothing in the rule button that says dogs can't play. Yeah, that's what I just said. Check the check the tapes, we'll check the tapes.
1: Okay, here's where y'all are so wrong because y'all are idiots. Oh no. I know it's available, but why? There's so
2: many other things available. First of all, it's artisanal,
0: okay? I don't want to hear it. One of your hosts spent nine hours this week watching the Godfather series to atone for <laughs> his sins. <laughs> <laughs> what are you? Doing so stupid of you, so stupid of all of you. Handsome Drew did as well. Are you Drew with the U? I'm
3: Drew with a U. Why would oh, he the a Obviously,
1: oh, he's Drew with the
2: Okay, my handsome Drew. I don't spell my with a U. Okay. <laughs> like, just, day with a U. A what are you talking about?
1: <gasps> What's wrong with you? I am so angry
3: at everyone here.
1: Oh, I was not listening. <laughs> that is very apparent to everyone on the podcast that you were not listening. This is not the podcast you deserve. Welcome to the 71st episode of Not the Podcast You Deserve. I am one of your hosts, Kyle, along with Drew with you. That's me over here. Thanks for introducing me. Supposedly handsome Drew. That's me. And the biggest Batman fan that I knew growing up, Will Baker, guest host with us today. What's up, Baker? Hello. Whoa. (laughs) Thanks for that, Bake. Uh, To peel back (laughs) the curtain a little bit, Baker and I were in a theater class together in I want to say either you know eighth grade or maybe early maybe early uh, high school years, and we were doing like improv scenes or something. And Baker made it a point. This is right around the time that The Dark Knight came out, and Baker made it a point to end every single one of his scenes with Rachel as Batman screaming for the Rachel who's burning alive, R.I.P. Maggie Gyllenhaal. <laughs> um, so I thought it was super fitting to bring on Bake um, as we talk about the Batman. Which released just a couple weeks ago, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about what we liked about the movie, maybe some of the stuff that we didn't like about the movie, and then maybe rank our favorite Batmans uh, of all time. So Baker, thanks for joining us, man. You're the best. We very much appreciate you being on. Yeah, I'm uh, glad
2: you. I'm glad you brought up my uh, my uh, my exciting past with Batman. I believe a video exists of me on Facebook playing an improv game that required people to guess who you were and i believe that i walked onto stage there's a video of it i believe i walked onto the stage someone screamed batman and i went dang it (laughs) (laughs) that's funny
1: yeah you were uh, you were we definitely had a lot of arguments about who was better batman or superman and now, looking back on it, that was so dumb, because obviously the answer is Superman. So, Don't do this. Uh, Don't do this. <laughs> good call. Don't start like this. Oh, my God. Batman, uh, the comic, originated in the year, does anybody have a guess? 1940. Congratulations. Oh. You're correct. In Literally and...
2: no time to guess.
1: <laughs> no, I was trying to speed this up. Was uh, it 1940? You... It was 1940. All That's right. Andrew. Thank you. Does anybody know the name of the comic book? are of the comic series that he first debuted in. Greatest Detective. It's
2: not, it, the world's greatest it's detective? Detective Comics, right?
1: Detective Comics, number 27. Mm. Yep. Um, and the reason I bring that up is, first off, I think he was one of the first comic book superheroes. I'm actually not certain about that, but I'm actually pretty sure that's close to true. Um, and then, secondly, the other reason I bring that up is because this movie, as we had mentioned earlier in, in previous episodes, is the first Batman movie that I can remember that ever actually focused on Batman being a detective because that's who the character started off as. He just started off as a really good detective who dressed weird. (laughs) And then you kind of got his backstory and then you got into all the weird stuff. Um, But all the other Batmans that have come out have all been about him punching bad guys and cool gadgets and shark repellent and uh, Bane talking (laughs) through a weird mask and stuff. And this was the first one that was like, hey, you're in a noir film now. We're going to dive into it. We're going to stick to that. And I thought it was really, 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 really cool. But I want to start opening up the conversation with you guys about that opening scene um, with the Riddler doing the jump scare out of nowhere, which I did pee myself just a little bit the first time I saw it. Um, But also, when that movie opens up, and you see it's the point of view of somebody on a rooftop spying into this mansion and you see a little kid come in with this little sword mm. and he's stabbing this he's stabbing his dad or they're playing I was like is that Bruce Wayne? Is that yeah. young Bruce Wayne and Thomas Wayne? Right, right, And I was like oh wow this is interesting okay like you know we normally all we get in flashbacks is seeing his parents die we don't ever see him like playing with his parents. Right, right. And uh and then the Riddler pops up and scared all the pee out of me <laughs> and then killed that guy brutally. And I was like, okay, so I'm pretty sure that was not Bruce uh, and Thomas Wayne. Yes, yep. I'm pretty sure. But I think this movie does a lot of cool stuff like that where it kind of plays on what you're expecting them to do. Mm-hmm. And they flip it a little bit. Um, and so I really, I thought that opening was the perfect tone setter for this kind of movie.
3: I do want to say, first of all, before we go any farther into this podcast, there are spoilers ahead. I, I don't know that they're going to be intentional, but it's gonna happen. The movie's been out for several weeks now, so like, it's your
2: own. Toby fault.
1: Maguire and Andrew Garfield are in the movie. But oh my also, gosh. if you're
2: listening to a, if you're listening to a podcast that's about the most recent Batman movie, and you're like, "What the? Why are you talking about it?" Then you listened to the wrong
3: podcast. I, you I know, know that. Clearly, and you know that. I just wanted to be clear. and, You know, just. That's very some ground kind rules. of you, but... The second mm. thing I was going to say is it's probably a good thing he scared all the pee out of you because this is a three-hour-long movie. <laughs> That's and a, That's a
0: strong point.
3: If you yeah. don't prepare your bathroom beforehand, you're going to be sitting there uh, pretty pretty frustrated about two hours and 20 minutes into that movie. There's no intermission.
2: I, I, peed, I peed thrice in this movie. Oh, Thanks. wow. Admittedly, I now I am a, I'm a very well hydrated person. Good I for drink you. A lot of water. <laughs> Good for you. And we were at Alamo House. That's the first House, thing I say I about also you. Also drank a lot of beer, so I uh, uh, yeah I was it was tough. Broke the
0: seal. Um,
1: this is my buddy Will Baker, best hydrated person I know. Yeah, dude, that's, that's drink the first so thing I said. Yeah.
2: It's a subtle It's a subtle thing about me. Nobody seems to pay attention
3: to it or appreciate
2: it. What are it,
0: two things I know about Will? I drink Baker? a lot of water. Loves Batman, drinks water. Yes. Orders
3: too many pizzas.
0: <laughs> but getting back to the movie, I do think that opening scene sets the tone you said perfectly, Kyle. Like, this is a scary movie. This is not your kid's Batman. This is not your Adam West Batman. This is not comic books sell toys Batman. This is uh, film noir, like scary, sad, depressing Batman, but it's still a good movie and a fun, enjoyable watch but if you're not ready to be scared like, this is going to be upsetting at points
3: yeah, yeah, like one of the things that was said about uh, the Christopher Nolan Batman was like, oh this is a dark this is a darker Batman, right like, it's called The Realistic. Dark Knight yeah, uh, this is actually a dark movie both mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. thematically and lighting wise
0: the whole movie is, <laughs> is dark. very
3: dark. Um, where I, I would say Christopher Nolan's Batman was more like a gritty Batman. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But this one is like actually dark and dealing with hard subjects and really intense and like kind of scary. And you're just like you feel like you need a hug like the whole
0: time. <laughs> Bruce Wayne definitely does. Like this whole movie, well, Andy Circus just needs just if he could just accept Andy Circus's hug. I <laughs> so get through a lot.
2: Kyle, Kyle brought up the idea of like this being the first true Batman detective. And I hadn't, I, I, I had thought about that, but not necessarily in comparison to the past movies where I would say that Christian Bale's Batman actually, especially in the dark Knight, that middle one, they, they cover that detective part of him pretty heavily but it's a lot more CSI detective than, mm. like, beat cop taking notes on the street and that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And so, what was... What's interesting to think about is that comparison doesn't just matriculate, like, out the how they do their detective work, but kind of how their characters are portrayed as a whole. Like, they definitely are, are from the same source. You can definitely see, you know, grit, darkness in one character... But this seems to take it into a, a, a into a different direction, and when we're talking about the intro scene specifically, um, I think the uh, I think the way that this Batman movie introduced the character of Batman, um, not during the Riddler scene, but during that subway scene, the mm-hmm. first time you actually see him come out, yeah. is maybe the most adequately put of what it would be like to actually encounter this person yeah. and to actually like because yeah like you're right that that's true opening scene does paint this picture of like oh my gosh we're dealing with a heavy-handed movie um, and you know it's that opening scene uh, after you meet Batman when you know they, they say they're only F word in the first like 10 <laughs> minutes of the movie for a PG-13 mm-hmm. movie so they're Really trying to introduce you that this is going to be a darker take on it, but I thought just how they set up everything really let you know like this is the direction that we're going to go, and we're going to hit that tone pretty much throughout. Because I like I saw it with my wife; we were actually like scared mm-hmm. when like Batman was about to be introduced, because and I was like, this is how it should be. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. this dude is a gigantic monster that's about to come beat the tar out of people.
0: Yeah, and also, uh, I I just want to add one thing to your point, Will, which I love a whole lot, is that also like he is like a scary force in the movie, like you feel the fear that everybody else has. Mm-hmm. There's also like a vulnerability to him that works really well for a Batman movie. Like sure. one of the things that we all talk about Superman being a not so great hero is because there's nothing to threaten him you're never worried about superman which kyle if you want to fight for superman that could be why he's super amazing and awesome but like what makes a batman story so good is that he's legitimately a human being like with gadgets and these gadgets are not like oh i can see every single phone's screen across the whole city and track faces but it's like no i have like a magnifying glass, like binoculars and mace and a, a flare at the end. Like those are his gadgets, which is really cool. Well,
2: what I knew, what, what I had read about the movie going into it was that this was going to be a take on a younger Batman. And when I read that, I was like, well, yeah, Batman Begins, which is like a true origin story movie that none of the previous Batmans really ever did. Um, you, you really have like a whole origin story. But that Batman had being Batman figured out pretty much the minute he stepped into the Cape. Yeah. This movie is a lot more about a Batman discovering what it means to become the Batman that we know.
1: Let's put and, a pin in that because I have some stuff that I think you can walk us through yeah, that me too. in a little okay. bit too. I really like where you're going with it. Cool. Um, One thing I do enjoy about comic book movies, um, and I think it's dumb that we have to preface it as a comic book movie, because anytime that, you know, Pride and Prejudice, the movie comes out, it's not like, oh, it's that book movie that's coming out. (laughs) Um, But for any comic book... Hang
2: on. I I need to interrupt you here, because I agree with you, but there are certain heavy-handed moments in this movie and in The Dark Knight where you're sitting there and you're like, man, this is such a heavy scene. But then out of the corner of your eye... You just see the two horns of <laughs> Batman sticking up and you realize like this is a little bit more ridiculous than a normal movie. <laughs> okay. Yeah, right. It shat- it shatters my reality a little bit every once in a while.
1: The sing blue avatar people make love by intertwining uh-huh. their tails is that art though? Does that happen okay, in Pride I and Prejudice? Oh, I need to read that book again. No, I I,
2: <laughs> I I I agree that like there is that prefacing it like I think The Dark Knight blazed the trail of this in a really good way and that this movie follows it up um, is that you can make a really like, compelling story out of what would be a ridiculous thing. It's just every once in a while watching a man in a mask stand in a corner around yeah. a bunch of police. I'm like, huh, okay. Yeah, we're dealing with some.
1: <laughs> well, one of my, my favorite things about going to see superhero movies is the lead up beforehand where the directors and the actors always get the question of, like, you know, where did you pull from for this story or for your performance? Like, what comics did you read? And everybody, the director and, and Pattinson, the director's named Matt Reeves. Uh, yeah. Matt Reeves and, and, and Pattinson both kept saying um, that the long Halloween, Batman year one, mm-hmm. and. Mm. Hush. Hush. Thank you. Hush. Were like the three big ones that like it that they kind of pulled from, and but whenever you hear that from a director, like it's normally like, oh, okay, and you kind of look for that in the movie, and like you don't always see it. Like in Thor Ragnarok, like that was supposed to be based off the comic Thor, and there's like nothing close to that. It's like what's in the comic, yeah. um, but like with this one, in the first scene, it started on Halloween and everybody's dressed up, and he's talking about how mm-hmm. it's been a year, so it's a very clear nod. Um, he closes the journal. Um, after he gets back from his first fight and it says, you know, Gotham Project, year two. um, They literally throw up hush over Thomas Wayne's face with exclamation point. Mm -hmm. So I thought that those were nice nods, but also, uh, for the people that are looking for that, I guess, but also they did do a really good job of pulling that darkness from hush, Mm -hmm. uh, pulling that kind of insanity from the long Halloween, uh, and it being a Batman who is trying to figure it out and who's not exactly certain... Um, about how how to fix Gotham yet, and he doesn't. And he, they take you on that journey of him figuring out that actually his legacy is the fact that Gotham is the way it is. The Gotham is the way it is because of his legacy, and now he kind of has that burden of fixing it. um yeah. But I thought of I thought Matt Reeves did a really really great job with two um, specific facts um, to kind of help you watch this Batman grow, and I'd like to display them for you here now. And if you guys have any interjections, please feel free to stop me. Um, but the two are um, Batman and his encounters with the Iceberg Lounge, is that was yep. that Penguin's yep. uh, lair, and his uh, encounters with the Mayor's son. I will begin with the first. Um, the first time Batman shows up to the to the Iceberg Lounge, he is in full Batman gear, and he just beats the crap out of everybody. <laughs> he gets shot eighty seven times. Yeah. Um, never, and, never in the chin. Then, never between the nose <laughs> <doors laughs> and the chin. <laughs> Everything is bulletproof but that chin that is just out. It's a magnificent chin too. Um, and then he, mm-hmm. he, puts, he pushes the penguin to the corner and he you know, gets the information that he thinks he wants. Uh, but he realizes that the penguin was lying to him later on in the movie and you know all that. The second time he goes to the Iceberg Lounge, it is as Bruce Wayne and he is broken. And he is seeking the truth. He's seeking answers um, from Falcone. And then uh, the third time he ends up at the Iceberg Lounge at the very end of the movie... What was that? I was
3: going to say, and he still gets lied to.
1: Yeah, and that's true. And he still does and get lied he, to. But he yeah. walks
3: away with, you know, something that he convinces himself is what he wanted to hear, you know. And, mm-hmm. But he, Batman and Bruce Wayne get lied to. He's a very gullible man uh, <laughs> for being the world's greatest detective. Well, he's super young.
1: Yeah. And then the the third time that he shows up to the Iceberg Lounge... He is using his tricks now. He's learned if I go in there punching like Batman, I'm not gonna get anywhere. If I go in there as Bruce Wayne, I'm not gonna get anywhere. So he sneaks in. Um, he pulls out the mm-hmm. the power. He fights his way, or he, you know, sneaks into the elevator. Then he has his fight, and then he finally gets the truth and and kind of gets to the end. But I thought that was really cool that they used one doorway mm-hmm. and one entrance to a building to show this character's growth, and not even just his growth, but his, his valleys too. Um, when he thought he was, um, you know, unbreakable, he—he was—he nobody could stop him. I've got the gall to just walk in there dressed as a bat, in the middle of this club, um, to the Batman who sneaks around and is gonna find his way through something, and maybe I don't always have to break stuff to get what I want. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the uh, first time that Batman sees um, the son of the mayor, cannot think of the mayor's name at this point. Um, which obviously the connection there is that it. This kid saw a traumatic event just like Bruce did mm-hmm. when he was a child, and I love that they never showed you that. I <laughs> that was great. Mm-hmm. Um, the first time he sees him, he's Batman, and he's seen the little kid right after his dad died. Is that um, is, the second time? Is
0: that when he hands him a telescope? No, that's in Batman. because oh, oh, right, right, right. Sorry, sorry. You asked <laughs> him a telescope? <laughs> you don't remember that? I it's like uh, that. Uh, Jim Gordon. Yeah, hands him no, a... Jim Gordon's son. Like he like. He's sitting on his balcony and his son walks out. He's like, here's a telescope. Everything's
1: going to be okay. <laughs> like, it doesn't say that. That's like the message of the scene. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I derailed Continue. You're good. Uh, the second time he sees him is as Bruce Wayne. And it's at the memorial for the, his father, the mayor. And he ends up saving him from the car that's coming in. And then the third time that you see him interact with the mayor's son, it's as Batman. And he's pulling him out of the wreckage mm-hmm. and out of mm-hmm. the water. Um, to kind of save him, and honestly, I don't know if I'm trying too hard for that one or not. <laughs> but in my brain, it was kind of a cool like there was always like through lines of storylines for you to kind of remember, uh, so that you could think back to this is how he reacted to that you know yeah, last yeah. time. And maybe the connection there is the second time he saved the kid, but then he went straight into I'm Batman, I'm vengeance, and he left the kid mm-hmm. and he went to go like get the guy with the bomb and and around his neck, which blows up in his face and no one is hurt. <laughs> wild. First of all, whereas on, the third time he's got water rising and bad stuff is happening everywhere, everybody, but he still takes the time to go save the kid. Yeah. yeah. As opposed to I've got bigger fish to fry. And, yeah.
3: and on that note, you know, he pulls all the stuff away. He's trying to save all the people, and they don't necessarily trust him. They're uh-huh. sitting there yeah. like oh, afraid for their point. lives, yeah. going, "I don't know if this guy's here to save me or hurt me." Like, did he cause all of this? And that little kid goes. I trust you because I've seen you save me. Like, we're good. good.
1: That's a great point because you see him kind of hold out yep. his hand to the, like what you think is the mayor yep. from the perspective, and then the kid grabs his hand. Yeah. I didn't put that together. That's a good job. Yeah. Th- this, yeah.
0: this movie does, like, to your point, Crawford, this movie does a great job of not assuming you know everything about Batman. Like, it does a really great job. Like, in that moment... Like, I feel like Ben Affleck's Batman, you're supposed to be like, oh, you know all of Batman's story. This is an old Batman. And you know Bruce Wayne and he's rich and that's his thing, that he's rich and he's going to do rich stuff and he buys the bank instead of paying for the yeah. house or whatever. But this Batman, like, it's a new Batman, like you said over and over, Baker. And somebody said it's not an origin story, Batman. So we don't waste time seeing the the beats that we know happen. But we do get... These growth beats, like you're pointing out, Kyle. You get to see these, like, nat organically in the story of the the cop. Another one you see the the cop who like hates Batman. He's like, you gonna let this freak oh, in here? No. And then he sees Bruce Wayne. He's like, Oh, hey, Bruce Wayne! Like geeking out that he's yeah. And then at the end, yeah. he lets him into the to the crime scene. Like, and they solve you, it together.
3: Yeah. yeah, yeah. He had the knowledge of like that's a carpet tool. Obviously, my dad laid carpet, and he's like, that's the secret I needed. Now I can solve the mystery. <laughs> yeah.
0: Thank God that cops dad was a carpenter. <laughs>
3: Carpenteer. I yeah,
2: yeah. I don't wanna like I don't wanna, you know, bring too much of you know MCU. What what they did do in this movie is what makes the MCU Spider Man so good in that we have beat the tar out of Spider Man Origin story. Hmm. We've beat the tar out of Batman origin story. You know where this guy came from. So we're gonna let you see a slow progression yeah, of yeah. how this person becomes a better hero in monumental yeah, moments. You, you, get, and you so, get a
3: coming of age story for Batman as opposed yeah, to an origin cool. yeah, story. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Uh, <laughs> that's a good uh, point. Yeah, you see little no, little I, baby Batman become teenage Batman.
2: You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean Kyle, I think those I think those those motifs that you're talking about with the door and the kid, like I definitely, um, I I actually didn't notice the kid part. I, I noticed the door part for sure, um, and it, it, that's a really good way to kind of summarize what this movie does well. Like, hey this this movie does a really good job of um, painting like uh, like bat like um, the 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 thing I hoped to see out of this movie, and the thing I think this movie does well is that it leaves a lot more room for batman operating in the gray like the past the past movies of batman he's been very black and white from the word go like i only do this i don't do this and you can kind of see this batman that's like you know i i don't kill people you can't kill people but then also like I'm about to beat this guy to death.
1: Yeah. Like Val I Kilmer actually... would have punched that guy one time this <laughs> point. Robert uh-huh. Pattinson went, bam, 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 bam. Like, no, I mean, ruined, Robert, there, and that. there are
2: several times where you're watching Robert Pattinson go at somebody and you're like, that dude's not letting up. Yeah. 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 And he's not, he's not settling. He's not settling with on the ground and giving up. He is like beating the literal tar yeah. out
0: of these people. And yeah, I just want to say another way you get to see that is like when he's trying to explain to Catwoman, to Zoe Kravitz, uh, why she can't just kill her dad. Mm-hmm. And he's like, mm-hmm. he has trouble explaining, like articulating, like you can't do that. Mm-hmm. And she's like, why? He's a terrible person. He did all these terrible things to me. I, it's gonna, the world's going to be better without him. And he's like, yeah, but you can't, because you, you'll, like, you, you know, and he does get it. You but can't he, cross he does, that line. Yeah. Right. He does uh, understand that, but
2: he it, it's. Yeah. I mean, it, it, he he really does say it, like you can't cross that line where there's, you know, there's there's some points where he like doesn't understand his own convictions. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because he's so mad. Well, I also and, like but he knows there is convictions, but he hasn't quite fleshed
3: them well, out. yeah, yet. and I like that he has them and he like tries to impose them on everybody else. Like he says to Jim Gordon, like, No guns and he's like, That's your rule, that. <laughs> Like
0: Yeah. And, Which
2: Well and it's it's hard to it's hard to respond like uh it's hard to respond to that and sit there and not like talk about other key things because I think that like one of the cool things this movie does is like play the like the like give you an idea of what the Alfred Bruce Wayne relationship was like growing up and that you can kind of see that this Batman is operating under what Alfred taught him Mm -hmm. you know they kind of dump all the League of Shadows out of his backstory and you can see that like Alfred's like this is how you protect people this is justice this is what the right thing to do is so anyways we can talk about that um, in a minute but yeah
1: I think that you, so someone just mentioned uh, Commissioner Gordon yes. or Detective Gordon at this point, whoever, whatever his title is. Uh, Jeffrey Wright, I thought was phenomenal. Yes. Mm-hmm. I thought he was so good um, and very different from the previous James Gordons you'd seen, where he's kind of like, one on one, like trying to get Batman into the cool group with the cops, <laughs> yeah. and, like trying to make him cool. And then he's like, "Hey, just punch me and run." The <laughs> door. And you're like, "Okay, I, I like you, man." And then when he straight told Batman, "Like, no, dude, I'm bringing my gun." Yeah, uh, I, I really liked his performance. I thought he was really good. Yeah, hey, I
3: thought Tim Gordon was. Great. I thought he yeah. was great. I thought Andy Circus did well as well. Um, I also I, I la- He also
1: had C4 blow up in front of his face and got out with <laughs> yeah, minor two, inconveniences.
2: Two, two direct facial contact <laughs> yes. explosions with little to no damage.
3: Yeah. Uh, I- there's a, oh, also while we're talking about cast, I would like to point out that there's always a Sarsgard and that my theory holds up. Oh, mm-hmm. oh mm-hmm.
1: okay,
0: I think it's very important that we get this correct on the podcast. Yeah, he's
1: a Sarsgård.
0: I've said this multiple times on this podcast and I have been wrong because he is a Sarsgård, no Not relation Skarsgard. to Sarsgard.
3: Peter be Cousins Which or
0: something. Which one? No, there are four Sarsgards that are actors. Who gets his head blown up? Peter Sarsgard ah. is the one that's not related in any way, shape, or form. I've googled this at length. And I apologize because I've said it multiple times. Peter Sarsgaard is of no relation to the Sarsgaard family. Wow. Apparently. Well, I, I owe everyone but an he's apology. Also in the
1: Ryan Reynolds <laughs> Green Lantern movie. Yeah. So yep. he's yep. got that going for him. May not be a Sarsgaard, but he's in Green Lantern. And
0: he's a very talented. He does a great job in this movie. Like I, another thing I love about this movie is the bad guys. There's like a series of like great levels of gray and dark and black for the villains, and you have like the corrupt cop. You have the Different levels of mob bosses. You have mob boss like generals. You have, and then you have the Riddler, who's like the most twisted of them all, but also the least. Like he's just a citizen who's doing <laughs> the messed most, up things. The most,
2: the most unrealistic character in this movie is Batman. Can we talk about like, how Paul Dano is legitimate terrifying in literally yeah. everything? <laughs> uh, I yeah. could, I could, I could monologue about that <laughs> and what he like. You know he like he literally sourced his character out of Zodiac and yeah. so like mm-hmm. that's that's his whole bit and so like you're sitting there and, and you know Drew I think uh, uh, Drew with a U, I um, you I think that you, you bring up a really good point in that like all of these um, villainous or corrupt like vignettes that you see through the movie are progressing levels of evil all of them are like realistic real world type people Mm -hmm. like you know even penguin is super dumbed down like you go watch danny devito penguin (laughs) and um colin farrell which you could talk about how that's not colin (laughs) 30 minutes the most
3: transformative performance i've ever seen because it it
0: doesn't if i didn't know it was him
3: i you could have given me a hundred guesses i would have never said his name
2: I would have guessed Robert De Niro and then just stopped being your friend because I thought you were lying to me. Like, so, but I I think, back to it, uh, I think you bring up a good point in that, like, um, all of the vignettes of, of the villains are really interesting takes because, you know, you can just, like, they all resonate with something that actually is, like, either going on in society or something that we know is actually there. Um, mm-hmm. And it's not as, you know, Jim Carrey in the question <laughs> yeah. mark suit and Danny DeVito eating yeah. raw fish yeah. the whole movie. Like, it's it's so much more approachable from a villain standpoint. They did a really good job of, um, like, putting Bruce Wayne more in a mental state than he, than he should have been. Yes, like, yes every every Bruce Wayne until this movie has been like James Bond a, like a totally smooth guy mm-hmm. like and like he's he's sexy and he's picking up women and all this stuff and then you have this Bruce Wayne that is like broken and <laughs> fragile he recluse is, he's a, he's truly a nocturnal person you can see it in the way that they do his makeup you can see it in his eyes and then he's also just kind of a psychopath
1: in that like, point when you're seeing him put on his own makeup, Really grounded this character for me for the oh, first time. Oh, so like, well! How yeah. insane do you have to be to <laughs> yes. not just only dress up like a bat, but go to like yeah. go through putting on your eye makeup before well, you do it? Like that takes an is, insane level of insanity.
2: I would say it's probably like four or five years ago. Like there was a meme that came out that was like the actual progression of <laughs> Batman, and it's like the bat signal in the sky. And Bruce Wayne and his, like, Wayne Manor, like, looking at it. And then the next scene is him in the bathroom, like, wiping <laughs> makeup on his eye. And then he's got the bat suit on. And so, there. yes, I, I think that's a really good way to put it. it it's incredibly ground. Yeah, well, so and I, I,
3: to that, just piggybacking off what you are saying, Will, I think it's kind of fun that they show him truly as a recluse billionaire yeah. as opposed to they usually just say that in the other movies. <laughs> like, oh, a reclusive billionaire. and Like, all that means is he's not giving an interview every single day. Yeah. Um, but, like, he's still showing oh, up, just... and he's throwing parties, and he's, like, doing stuff. And they're like, oh, reclusive billionaire. And it's like, you see him every 48 hours. It's not that reclusive.
2: Uh... Well, and, and, like, Batman Batman Begins, they show you what he was doing while being reclusive. But once he was back, he was, like, constantly on the scene. Yeah, Like, he was Bruce Wayne, he was at all the hotels and stuff, and so... Well,
1: Penguin didn't know, didn't recognize him. He didn't know uh, Falcone he had to tell him who he yeah, was yeah, when he yeah. saw him at the memorial. And that's a good point. Th-
0: like back, to, and we could talk a long time about that. I mean, there's so much to get into. But this is a character that's been going on for what 80 years. Is that what we said 1940 was the first time he showed so. up, uh-huh. and like they've gone through so many different phases. And I really think that's this movie highlights. We've gotten to a point now where like we are ready to see what it would happen if a kid really was traumatized by his parents' death and started dressing up like a bat guy at night <laughs> and, and punching and- criminals. And I, I wanted to point out like um before it was really cool to see the duality of man of like the Batman and the Bruce Wayne Playboy, billionaire, bachelor, and like super rich, he can do whatever he wants, but then he, he's super angry and upset and dark and hurt inside and he takes all that out at night. And now and this Batman we're like, no, nope, he's one person doing both of these things.
2: Have you guys read any of the comics that this was sourced out of, like, Year One, Long Halloween, or Hush? Mm-hmm. I've, what, uh, Kyle, what have you read?
1: I read a long, I've read the Long Halloween, I've read Hush, and I've read most of Batman Year One. Okay. I haven't finished it. I,
2: I think what's, you know, what is, you know, because, like, there's, like, the chronological, like, old school Batman that runs through this series of comics, and it's Batman issue one, and, all, and you know, the Detective Comics thing we were talking about. These graphic novels that they source the movie out of, like Batman Year One is the same one that they did Batman Begins on. So like, that's kind of becoming like Batman gospel. Mm -hmm. Like if you want to make a movie, um, I believe that Ben Affleck took some stuff from that too. Um, But what the comics allow for a lot more than the movies ever have is for Batman to operate in the gray. Like there are multiple iterations of Batman in comic series where he kills people. I mean, in, uh, yeah. is it Injustice that he just, like, snaps the Joker's neck in the car and, like, uh, Killing Joke is, Killing I Joke believe, ends mm-hmm. in, like, a subtle, like, he
3: the kills Joker.
2: To it, yeah. I
1: remember one comic um, specifically where Superman and Batman are talking and Superman is like, I want to kill this guy. And Batman's like, don't do it because, uh, because you, you, it never leaves you. And then the yep. next comic panel is him sitting on, like, a throne and then the... It is on a pile of dead bodies. Yep. And for whatever reason, that is always what I think of when I think of Batman. Not the, I can't kill people. <laughs> I think of the dude who's like of, crazy and like, screw it. Like, if you're bad, you got to go.
2: The scene the scene where, uh, is it, Kyle, is it Injustice that, um, is that what that comic series, like Gods Among Us? I think it's called Injustice. Yes. Um, that's a video game for
1: sure. I don't know if that's a comic. Th- it's se- it a comic
2: be. series too. Okay. Because um, that's where he uh, kills the Joker. And it's incredibly graphic. He's, yeah. taking, he's taking the Joker to Gotham PD and the Joker starts talking about, you know, I'm gonna hurt, I think like Superman and Wonder Woman have a kid in this series or something. Um, I can't remember what it is. But he starts talking about harming a kid. And Batman literally crushes his head up against a window and then like snaps his head off. Oof. And it's just like, and it's out of the blue. And, but it's, I, I think that this movie did a really good job of showing the like the true psyche of what type of person would have to be Batman mm-hmm. um, because a lot of those comics Bruce Wayne is a very little factor like yeah. he's not nearly as prominently featured as uh, as he is in movies.
1: Well that brings it to another point. How many people do you think died on that highway car chase scene <laughs> this was when three 18 wheelers run into each other? I
3: have been sitting here waiting to bring this up for Will to stop talking for like nine seconds so I could... <laughs> Uh, I was gonna say, Kyle. I know you don't like car chase scenes, but yeah, what did you think about one. this
1: one? I really liked that one. Yes. That was good. That was good. I loved it. They, but and it's because of the aesthetic and the way they did it was so great. With the wreck, it was so overdone with the rain and the upside down camera and the slow motion walk. And I freaking loved it. I thought it was great. Absolutely, it, this is the first superhero movie I've seen. That was like, it feels like I'm just watching a comic. It feels yeah. like I don't have to do the voices in my head. <laughs> I can just see it. It was just, so... Be- I think Zack Snyder does a good job too, but I think this was better. I, just One short of, of things- having
0: word bubbles show up on the screen. Yes. <laughs> One of the things I yeah. love specifically
3: about the car chase scene is that it showed you what it would have been like to be in traffic during <laughs> that scene. As opposed to most car chases, when they happen, you get a little bit of the like... I'm in one car behind that car. But then you always get an overhead shot that's, yeah, like, yeah, setting yeah. the scene, showing you, like, oh, this is, like, the cool turns they're making and stuff. This one was just infuriating. I'm behind a stupid Camry who won't go anywhere as a madman is trying to murder me. So, like, get out of mm-hmm. here. Uh, that was yeah. that was really well done. It was good. I also, also – at, at
2: Craw- Crawford, you pointed this out. Like, just, you know, the – which I didn't think about because I loved that car chase scene and you and I were talking on the phone the other day and you were like, you don't know. You want to know why? And I was like, why? And I was like, because it didn't cut from car to car to car to car to car mm-hmm. to car. And I was like, oh, that's a really good point. Like, it's not a seasick car scene at all. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's just like real, you, you really get a chance to absorb what's going on.
0: I also think that that scene is so cool because I think it's one of, correct me if I'm wrong, it's one of the only times Gotham is not under heavy rain. Is there a heavy... In that car no, chase it's, it's scene? Is there... Oh, it's raining. Okay, well... It's raining in that when scene. When the fire... I just remember the fire. I was like, it must not have been raining in my head. No, it's, walking it's a fire that's flames. impervious
3: to rain. That's, that's a... Yeah, Gotham okay, fire. okay, that's what it is. Okay. Well, that's what happens when <laughs> gasoline
2: is Because there's
0: so much rain in this movie is what I wanted to get to. Yes. Like, it is... Yeah. Con- like, I, I, that must have been miserable to film this movie, but also it creates, <laughs> like, a really dreary, like, feel to the movie of, like, Gotham... I, I, it's supposed to be like New York, right? Gotham's like based off of New York, is yeah. that right? But also but
3: apparently not New Orleans because there's a NCL? sea wall that if it gets a crack in it, <laughs> yeah. the whole place is underwater in like nine seconds. <laughs> yeah. It's probably because of all the rain. Yeah, <laughs> well,
2: Gotham. Gotham is Gotham is such a like a nebulous place, and I thought that this movie did nothing to help. Like where is Gotham? It's supposed actually? to be
0: across the it harbor says, from Metropolis.
3: It says it's mark? Gotham Square Garden. I don't know where do you think that is.
1: <laughs> well, I think it's Crypto Arena. Now. Okay, <laughs>
2: Crypto Arena. Uh, the, arena? The, I
1: think the the uh, yeah the the rain and the aesthetic, the really dark tones and everything, did a really good job of setting the tone for this movie. Mm-hmm. But something else that set the tone even more for me for this movie was the score and the soundtrack yeah. that they picked um, which I know Baker is a music guy so <clears throat> Baker I want you to check my math on this uh, or more more technically my notes maybe um, but the only thing I could think about when Batman's theme plays was Darth Vader uh, because Darth Vader's theme is yep
2: yeah, you, we got permission you can't, from you just, yeah, to use we, that. We got both of them.
1: <laughs> yeah, and Robert Pattinson's Batman theme is bum 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 bum. It's almost the same notes, but I it seemed to me like they had lowered it and made it a minor, maybe at the end. But either way, I know what that made me feel in the theater was this is not Superman. This is not someone who's here to save the day. This is a dude who's on a mission to f s up. And that is what it made me feel every time they played that was like, "Oh no, like <laughs> he is gonna kidnap your princess. He is gonna <laughs> yes. shoot
0: down all your stormtroopers."
2: Well, it's one of the reasons why I loved the way they introduced Batman because they unveil that when he's about to start beating the tar out of those. Wow. Uh, Joker kids. and that they is unveiled that so much like Darth Vader's
0: entrance and
2: in... it's it's entire I, I I haven't seen this yet but I was right there with you Kyle like in the movie I was like this is Vader's theme this is awesome
0: yeah. this is they're wow. trying to
2: evoke that same emotion of the dark figure coming out of the shadows yeah. to take down his enemy but
3: you're rooting for that dark figure <laughs> right
2: you're you're sitting at the seat like yeah <laughs> like,
0: Get him! <laughs> how, how long do you Punch think the he clown.
3: Was, how long do you think he was calling himself Vengeance before it like caught on in the underground? Yeah,
1: because the movie he says "I'm Vengeance" one time. The movie I was wants, like, hey, yeah, vengeance. he like, does. Yeah, he
3: says <laughs> it one time, but the implication is he's been saying it for a while. I want to know, like, that's really funny. how quickly into his, like, <laughs> I'm Vengeance campaign did that actually catch on. Like, I'm running on a platform for Vengeance. Vote for Vengeance. Uh, it'd, be so, it'd be
0: so good if he hated the nickname Batman at first, and he was Yes, he
3: was so mad. He was like, I'm Vengeance! Yeah. I'm Vengeance!
2: Like, like, no, you're the Batman. Like, yeah,
3: you're Batman. Come
2: These come guys on. keep calling me the Bat, and I'm
3: Vengeance. I keep telling them. <laughs>
1: that'd be amazing
3: because like that's really really like he shows up at the Iceberg Lounge and uh, Colin Farrell's like what's up Vengeance and I was like oh yes uh, word got around quickly huh what's
1: up Danger the Penguin doesn't know what Bruce Wayne's face looks like but he knows Batman's nickname that he said once in an underground subway so I think I think that
0: is a a Something the, the movie doesn't specify, which they may just be leaving the door open for future installations, but they don't really tell us where. Like, we know this is a young Batman, but we don't know. Like, if, like I don't think that was his first night out on the town. Like, no, people were scared been of him. No, he's been doing he, it for a year. It's it's second spec- year.
2: It specifies he had been doing it for two years. Two years? Okay, never mind.
0: I,
1: yes. I, I missed that. Um,.
2: It's really fast in the beginning. Yeah, it's
1: in the voiceover, and then he closes the journal that says "Gotham Project (laughs) two.
3: Which I also loved the voiceover because it was again reemphasizing. They're like, "This is a detective noir movie." I'll be honest.
1: Yeah, I I thought that was gonna bother. I was like, "Oh, I hope they don't do this voiceover the whole time," because like that really pulls me out of movies when the in detective movies noir style style films when you have the voiceover, it's like, "Oh, you're telling me instead of showing me," and I liked that they just bookended that. To kind of yeah. give you that, like, feeling instead of being like, I noticed on the ground there was a piece of wood shipped and this guy's carpenter dad tells me. You're like, yeah. I also...
2: Can, I, can. Sorry, I was going to say, can I ask the question to kind of move the conversation? Because I feel like we could talk about things that were cool and talked about <laughs> for a long time because it's a long movie. Can we talk about things maybe that bothered us?
1: Was Vengeance not one of them? Everybody calling him Vengeance?
2: No, I actually thought that was cool until Crawford pointed <laughs> out. So I had to reconsider my opinion. Was it
1: that the Riddler's big thing was bring Falcone into the light so I can shoot him? And early, an hour and a half earlier in this movie, you saw the Riddler standing in that church with a clear headshot on Falcone. And he was just standing there like, I hope you figured out my riddles so we can do this later. No, yeah, Riddler... as
0: somebody who like, you know, if if I had planned out for... Years that I need Batman to walk this guy out of this door specifically to like see Falcone in the funeral, be like, "Dad, gummit, I never thought he would actually come to the funeral.
3: Um, and then also how long it took them to figure out what the Spanish bat bird right? was yeah. like, "Hey, if the first thing, like I get it, all right, I probably wouldn't have gone to Falcon immediately either. But, like, I, your first thought has to be Batman, bat, right? Yeah, like, yeah. yeah it, ha-
2: it literally is colloquially called the Rat with Yes, the wings. absolutely. Has to. <laughs> what like, a, he, uh, he
3: said, oh, it's like a rat with wings, like a stool pigeon. I was like, what? No, a bat. <laughs> what are you talking <laughs> about? How, how are you the so, world's greatest detective? Uh,
1: so I uh, saw this movie with Dale on opening night, and when they had that leap of logic from uh, Rat with the Wings to Stool Pigeon to Penguin... Dale and I looked at each other, we both went, That's a bad <laughs> I was like I was like, I really hope that's not the big twist of this movie, because if so, we've got we have two hours Yeah, left. This is gonna be a tough ride. I
2: uh I mean there's this whole uh the whole way that they kind of unveil the Riddler's big plan is kind of a letdown in terms of like you know, I the, the, the immense amount of opportunities to kill Falcone yeah. because he lived outside his most regular lounge, and then his big plan is kind of dumb. Like, but so anyways,
1: I, the the thing I thought, I thought this movie was going in a different direction at the end when he goes and he finds the Riddler in jail, and he's going to question him. And the Riddler just keeps going, Bruce, Bruce. Yeah. And I was like, oh my god, he's going to give him an ultimatum. He's going to say, either you kill me and break your code, or I'm going to tell everybody you're Bruce Wayne, because obviously figured it out. Because mm. the last five minutes of the movie have been pretty clear that he's figured it out. Right. And yep. then they do an interesting thing where he hadn't figured it I out. I like that. Yep. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so I, I thought this movie was going one direction, and then it definitely did not. I was like, okay, I'm, I, I'm still on board.
2: I actually did not like that that oh. much. Yeah, I, I personally think my I I think it kind of Dark Nights itself where they let that end like forty five minutes go on for too long like the whole Harvey Dent thing as Two Face kind of goes on too long and drags out the end of Dark Knight. I thought this Riddler's big plan. Kind of dragged some things out a little bit too long. Yeah, it does help Batman have a bigger character revelation, yeah. which is super important. But mostly, I I thought once they find him and he draws the question mark in the coffee shop, it goes downhill. The from
0: there. the Batman beating up random dudes from the internet who have just rifles is not a super compelling final boss.
1: Yeah, well, not, it goes from a noir detective story to all of a sudden a big. Exactly. Superhero ish battle with mm-hmm. no one's got any powers, but he does have the venom juice thing to kill like, I liked that part that of awesome. the some
0: And I liked there the was some venom. cool. There were some cool venom moments in it. Cool. But like the fact that he had already figured out everything and he just had to punch all of the bad guys.
3: Well, at some point is not interesting punch the bad
0: guys. No, I get that, but it would have been way more <laughs> interesting if he had to if he was like trying to punch all of them to find the Riddler. Like he had to find the one to figure out or if it
2: like Scooby Doo, he punches and takes back yeah, and he's like, Yeah, you're not the yeah. like throws him <laughs> into the water, punches the like, next there, one, there waits for no the guy st- to reload
0: as
3: slowly as possible.
0: <laughs> yes. Like there are no stakes because we've already solved everything and now it's literally just him punching the bad guys and so that they don't shoot like the stakes are that they don't shoot the 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 hot the, 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 uh, the uh audience members, but if there was something that he was trying to figure out and he had to take down these people because the time frame was super important. I think they could have done something to make that more interesting, but you're right, because it's in the falling action and there's no new revelations after that, it's just, can he beat the timer? It's like, we're watching a movie. Like We know he's gonna beat the mm. timer. Like. I, I, I also
2: love that i love that
0: batman uh
2: i love that batman doesn't use guns but he will uh not hesitate to shoot a grappling hook through, pretty through much your, anybody ur- <laughs> i mean yeah the amount of people that would have bled out in this movie is insane and also how does a grappling gun work because apparently it renders a permanent attachment to something the minute you fire it out of the gun
3: but it's a lot it's like spider-man the spider-man effect of yeah uh-huh. you just yeah. fire it in the air you catch something um yeah. I did also really. Uh, we talked about this earlier a little bit with like, uh, you know, him figuring out how to be Batman. I loved the scene where he is, uh, what is it called, hang gliding or like, oh um, yeah, oh yeah, the, the, oh, yeah. the, the, the base jumping yeah, thing, yeah, the, the flying yeah. suit or whatever. And he pulls the parachute at the wrong time and like totally eats it <laughs> on the way down. And it's yeah, like, yeah. oh okay, cool. So like, I, I remember that was a thinking cool scene. It was a cool like gadget without being like totally flawless it's like i like that learning how to be batman i
2: remember thinking i remember thinking when he did that oh my gosh they're taking a realistic take on what it would be like to jump (laughs) off a building and then as i'm watching it like wow this is really cool and then he goes 70 miles an hour into the side of a bridge and survives and i'm like and here is suspended (laughs) belief again (laughs) they're the they're the bat horns there's a ton of there's a ton of easter egg stuff in this that's really fun to read about i would encourage including
0: one very obvious easter egg at the end do we want to talk the laughing
1: inmate yeah arkham barry keegan or corgan yeah
0: of of what other movies yeah that's right kyle of eternal's fame yeah. Crawford, did you did you pick up that that could have been the Joker? Did you catch that? Oh, no. uh,
3: I didn't know if that was going to be the Joker or if it was weirdly going to be the Two Face, and then the, he laughed at the end, so I was like, oh, I guess I guess you're the Joker now. Uh, yeah, yeah, when he had the line can, about Reeves the clown. confirmed that he is. Yeah, yeah. He yeah, also um, "There's
1: worse things you can be than a clown," and I was like, I can't. <laughs> um, but. I'm no longer wondering who you are. I, I, I
3: was, yes. I was hoping they weren't going to just be like, and immediately here's another Joker. But it's also like, all right, you can't be as bad as Jared Leto, so like, let's see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. But I think
1: he's an interesting choice, and I, it's interesting to know that he's already locked up in Arkham. That's what I was gonna. There's, uh, a, there's an interesting story behind that, I'm sure. Yeah. It, maybe if Bruce Wayne in his first year of Gotham was like. This dude's just really messed up. Let's get him off the streets. Mm. And then that's what makes him turn into the Joker who's always trying to yeah. bring Bruce Wayne down, or so bring Batman down.
2: There's evidently a whole scene in this that they cut out that they filmed that uh Batman breaks into Arkham and um he uh he goes and sees the Joker to ask him about the Riddler. Oh, oh interesting. So that's yeah, so like uh Matt Reeves is like all confirmed that he put the Joker in the movie without intention to set up any sort of sequel and that they have deleted scenes of it. Yeah. Who knows how true it is. It could, he could be creating false flag and that kind of stuff, but, um, it seems to be legit that, mm-hmm. but Mary Keegan does great. I thought, I thought that was He's blown up. a very like traditional comic take of Joker, mm-hmm. which I liked.
1: Yeah. And, and I think, uh, I thought I loved Zoe Kravitz's performance. I thought she was awesome. Um, I, yeah, we've talked about Colin Farrell. We talked about um, whoever played Falcone, mm-hmm. uh, John Turturro, Joe John to thank you. I think he thought he was great. Um, I thought I was underwhelmed by Andy Circus as Alfred, only because he got like three scenes, I guess. It's, and I'm used to Michael Caine right. stealing the show. It's yeah. It's
0: hard to come from Michael Caine, and then also Jeremy Irons. Jeremy Irons, yeah. yeah. And Andy Circus is phenomenal, but his character does not have the same fatherly. Like he is still a father figure. But he's not quite, like, Michael Caine is, like, the guy who's actually solving the riddles behind Christian Bale's Batman and, like, telling him Mm. everything he needs to know. And then Jeremy Irons is kind of a little bit removed of, like, kind of just creating the gadgets and giving advice. And then Mm. Andy Serkis is kind of like the, like, refuse, like, Bruce Wayne refuses to acknowledge him as, like, he doesn't want anything to really...
1: And that shows you another point of growth too, because the first Uh time you see him and Alfred interact, he's saying, "You're not my dad," dad. right? And then the last time you see Andy Serkis, he's they're they're holding hands and they've you know whatever.
0: I I did agree that, and his Alfred was not as impactful. But I don't think it was his performance. I think his character was just written smaller, right?
2: Mm -hmm. I'm so glad you guys said that because. I was kind of worried that that take was going to be unwelcome on this podcast um, because I've heard, I've read a bunch of things that people love Andy Serkis. And I was, I was disappointed by it. -hmm. Um, I I thought, especially in this movie, Alfred exists in such a, uh, like a juxtaposition to Batman that we really could have used a clean cut, proper, Batman, like Alfred, to balance out. And you could have him have all the same skills, but to have him be more of a Michael Caine... And that the entire time I was thinking that I was like, it's not that I didn't like Andy Circus and I didn't think he did a good job. Mm-hmm. It's just, I just don't enjoy the way that character was prepared.
1: I don't think the Michael Kane Alfred would have worked with this Robert Pattinson sure. Batman. Sure, I think yeah, I think I, I they don't... played together very well, and this is why Robert Pattinson's messed up. He didn't have a dad. He had someone who taught him how to punch people, mm. and that's yeah.
2: I it could have been more just the presentation of him, like mm-hmm. that they were like, this is I mean, and the casting of Andy Circus felt like too on the nose where it's like he's kind of scraggly and he's got a (laughs) he's got a gravelly voice just like batman and so that that part kind of felt like okay this is pretty on the nose for an alfred
0: I, i think you make a good point that michael caine's alfred wouldn't have worked in this story because it would have been a lot harder to understand robert pattinson's bruce wayne if you had yes. Michael Caine as Alfred, who was so understanding, so perfect, so kind, never yeah, wrong—that's true. Yep. And and Bruce Wayne was also like, "You're not my dad." It's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's not your dad, but we all wish he was our dad. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. why are you being such a? D-? I'm sorry. Why are you being such a such a jerk about it? <laughs> you know. And but the, uh... the, 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 adding that little level of gray to his Alfred, adding that little level of like he's not a perfect Alfred. Makes their dynamic more understandable, and no. allows for that growth, like you said, Kyle.
2: Well, I was just going to say that the, the my favorite thing about the Alfred is how they don't kind of give you any sort of explanation of his backstory. Again, they kind of assume you know it, and so you, it just makes sense that Alfred's going to be able to help crack the code and that kind of thing, mm-hmm. and is mm-hmm. asking questions. And so when he starts helping crack the code, I immediately I'm like, oh yes, let's go. <laughs> like, we got it. We got Alfred here, baby. So.
1: The cool thing about superhero movies and comic book movies and stuff is that you get to see all these different iterations and different takes and different directors can bring their different you know swag and style to it. And it totally shifts the tones. Um, so, I, I mean, in terms of Batman movies, for me, this is right up there. Um, mm-hmm. I still really love Batman Begins. I think The Dark Knight is close to a perfect movie um but this is this is number three for me in terms of the Batman movies um and uh it would, it's it's so different it's so so different mm-hmm. and I think with time I think with time we'll be able to this might be the best one in 20 years this might be the one we go back and watch again um now i don't know Ben Batman begins in the dark night they're so good I, Maybe it, it's tough because you like let's say let's just go back to the comics to to, to
0: make it a little not easier but we have 60, 80 years worth of comics to look at. It's like you have the normal Batman story, but the interesting ones to talk about are like the Killing Joke or the Hush or mm-hmm. the, like, the interesting ones are like the super dark ones or, or like Flashpoint where we figure out that Bruce Wayne died and Thomas Wayne becomes an evil mm-hmm. Batman. It's mm-hmm. like there are, there are interesting takes on these characters that comic books allow you to do because of the multiverse, and because some of them, they just may be non-canon and written out if they don't work out. But there are interesting takes. And I think this is a very interesting, awesome take on Batman that would really work as like, like if this was Zack Snyder's Batman, like it's, I, I I have the same argument as I do for Zack Snyder's Justice League, which is this is a great Batman for your multiverse offshoot phase four not your real Batman, but this is an alternate take on Batman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But at the Which, same time, I think this Batman would work really well in the Justice League that we're getting.
1: Oh yeah, this is definitely the dark tone they were they've been trying yeah. to set up for a while. Yeah, he just did it better than Zack Snyder Correct. did it. Correct,
0: yeah. I think. Well, and this character I, works coherently better, thematically better as the dark character that they want Batman to be. But they wanted Ben Affleck Batman to be dark Batman, but also the leader, you know, yeah. dad, father figure of all of the other superheroes. And you, you can't have both of those. You can try, but it, it's it's going to be asking too much of that character. And I think, like, the Doom storyline, the like, a lot of the cartoon Batman stories that you get in the Justice League nowadays, this Batman definitely feels like he can do those storylines.
1: There are some characters, like... I don't know, off the top of my head, Hulk, Flash, Superman, Iron Man, Thor, that as, on their own, their own movies, not really, they, they can't really hold their own on a movie. Um, and even in comic books, they, they are always teamed up with somebody um, yeah. because that is the most interesting way for this character to be seen mm. or to, to do a story with them because they can't really hold their own. Batman is not that yeah. way. <laughs> like, there are so many good Batman villains. Yeah. Gotham is already such a mess. Like you, it, Batman doesn't need the Justice League, yeah, um, to be something yeah. entertaining, and which is why I think they kind of severed that and they put this in Sony Universe. There's talk about them doing a TV show um, about the Gotham PD with Penguin in it. I'm sure Zoe Kravitz and Robert Pattinson signed multi-picture deals. I mean, I bet they're gonna do this, all their oh, yeah. own little franchise, because Batman does not need the Justice League for it to be a good movie, as we just saw. Um, but like. Who wants to see another Incredible Hulk standalone? Like, <laughs> not well,
2: well, and I think that, uh, I, you know, I would even say that like Batman detracts from Justice League. Like he really stands out like a sore thumb mm-hmm. um, as a character, even in the cartoons, like he is really kind of out on his own. Um, and so I, I totally agree. I, I hope they don't try and incorporate any of this. There was murmurs that it was going to occur in the same universe that, um, Joaquin Phoenix's Joker. Occurred I saw in. those rumors this week. And I, don't like I am, I am, I am glad that it seems like they're pretty hard and fast. Like, Hey, that's not happening. And so I, I think this, you know, the, I, I, I don't ever like, a like, Digging on Batfleck Because I think that he does A really good job Mm -hmm. Like I think he especially Is an excellent Bruce Wayne for where Bruce Wayne is In his life he's super believable He's just like a super Like roided out MMA (laughs) Batman When he's got all of his stuff And he's over gadgeted And so it it just kind of loses its luster There they try to make him almost Iron Man-y But um You know I I so I don't really think of or count even Ben Affleck's Batman because I think it's good, but I think it sits in a different league. Like yeah. it's so like you know, he doesn't have enough there to support it I, know, to for me to sit there and go, like, that's a Batman too.
1: Man, a fun, interesting discussion would be favorite Batman portrayals, favorite Batman movies, favorite Batman villains. I really want to get into that. And for yep. the next two hours, <laughs> that's where we're <laughs> headed. Uh, we've been running very long, so Baker, yeah. if it's okay with you, can we bring you back on sometime to talk about favorite Batmans and Batman movies and stuff?
2: Yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to uh, to get on. Sol- this this movie did what the uh, did what the Dark Knight did, which was like super invigorate. Like how much I mm-hmm. so I've I've done more Batman consumption in the last week preparing to watch the movie and since seeing it. I ordered like three more graphic novels online. <laughs> yeah. um, I reread just, The Killing
1: Joke for the first time in eight years, yeah, I watched, probably. Yeah, I
2: watched it last week. Yeah. I, I just have like, um, it just kind of reignited some things. And even being on this podcast, like when people are saying things that I'm like, that's not right.
0: I <laughs> be like,
2: hey, 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 hey.
0: We, we, we get it. Hush is not the Riddler. We,
1: there's a You're separate wrong. villain called Hush. You're wrong.
2: Canonically, it's a different person. Yeah.
1: <laughs> That's. I don't think. Uh, yeah, you don't get. You don't get. Uh, not many people get very pa- this passionate about other types no. of movies. So maybe yeah. giving it superhero movie or comic book movie, like maybe I'll be fine with that from here on out because I'm okay with being a nerd that that likes this stuff and I don't. It's great. I don't judge anybody for enjoying a, yet another interpretation of Pride and Prejudice <laughs> or Steel Magnolias or whatever. Or like Romeo and Juliet or anything Romeo like that. Romeo and Juliet. I mean, yes.
2: What what Batman has become, um, and what you know, what was so important about 1989 Batman is that it established that this can be a gangbusters movie franchise. It's not good, <laughs> but like it shattered box office records. It was a revolutionary movie for marketing purposes, and so like 1989 Batman was really important because I think it did more for the character of Batman than Superman's ever gotten in a pop culture way. Yeah, because he became a, a super approachable character that's going to exist in lore like darth vader does like romeo and juliet do hmm. batman is in that group to me and so um and superman deserves an argument to be in there but he's not had a successful movie like these um definitely since what's his face uh reeves or whatever. reeves
1: 1977 superman yeah or so it's like? been
2: it's been 50 years since he's had a a truly successful take, and so. Um, Christopher, man, cool.
1: that was really bothering. Like Dan Reeves was the head coach of that's the, what I was thinking Washington too. I was, was, like, I was like, no,
2: no, he won a Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> my my parting my parting note for you guys would be to go back and watch the late '80s '90s Batman's and see how uh, well you do at not laughing at Batman's inability to turn his head. <laughs> it's, it's one of the greatest things in the world watching Michael Keaton in, like. Only be able to turn with his shoulders, um, and then also I encourage you to watch it because uh, hot take it may be the best Alfred, maybe better than Michael Caine. Whoa. So, oh, wow. Um, okay. But that's that's. I'm kind putting of, that on my to-do
1: list this week. That's
2: kind of what I've, that's 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 what I've observed in my Batman consumption of late. Um, but I was super thrilled to be on the podcast, so thanks for
1: having well, me. Well, yeah, let's do this again. Maybe we might need to give our listeners a break from superhero stuff. So maybe a couple of weeks, because I do want to finish this Batman conversation with you. Yeah, you do. I think, I think there's enough to talk about. I'm kept, I'm yeah. sure. I can't you don't like, like the like that's, that's just... <laughs> I, I feel like you trust I failed you. I failed you. <laughs> oh, my God. And for Will Baker, Drew with you, supposedly handsome Drew and myself, Kyle we are not the podcast you deserve saying we are in fact vengeance and we hope you have a great rest of your week we will catch you next time